Hey friend, thanks so much for meeting me here at Frothy Monkey in beautiful downtown Franklin, Tennessee. It's a great place to get a good cup of joe and share together in some good conversation. Anyway, be looking at the menu. I know you're new here. Decide what you want. Text it to me. I'm going to go ahead and get in line and place our order. Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, always advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Episode 98, did you fall for it? Deceitful falls and rivers. You just can't trust water anymore. Did you know that the Niagara Falls can be turned off? It's happened at least twice, once unintentionally and once on purpose. In the web article on NiagaraFallsTourism.com, it reads in response to the question, did Niagara Falls ever stop flowing? They respond, yes. Just before midnight on March 29, 1848, Niagara residents accustomed to the flow of the Niagara River were awakened when the Niagara River ceased to flow. The reason? A strong southwest wind pushed the ice in Lake Erie in motion. Millions of tons of ice became lodged at the mouth of the Niagara River at Lake Erie, blocking the channel completely. The self-made dam held the water for approximately 30 hours until the wind shifted and the pent-up weight of the water broke, forcing the Niagara River to flow again. There was only one other time the falls stopped flowing, from June to November of 1969. The American Falls were stopped by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in order to study what actions, if any, should be taken to remove the debris at the base of the American Falls. Upon completion of the study, it was decided to let nature take its course and to do nothing about rock removal. Horseshoe Falls, the much larger section that's mostly in Canadian territory, wasn't affected then, but the blockage on the American side exposed the usually submerged floor and the 70 to 100 foot tall stone cliff over which millions of gallons of water usually plummet every hour. When crews shut down the falls in 1969, they found two bodies and millions of coins, most of which were removed. Did you know the San Antonio Riverwalk is actually dry? It's a rain-fed, water-runoff type river. Without the floodgates on the north end of the Riverwalk Loop, that entire area would usually be dry. The consistent problem of flash flooding and destruction finally prompted the city leaders to cut a bypass in the river that in essence took the bend offline. They installed floodgates at the north end, a small dam at the south end, and a tainter gate in the channel. A tainter gate is a type of radial arm floodgate used in dams and canal locks to control water flow. One night my wife and I were taking a ride on one of the famous San Antonio River barges. Riding one of the barges is something to do every time you go to San Antonio. It's such a beautiful setting. My wife and I had ridden before, but this time was different. Our boat captain, the one who steers the boat by standing at the back and maneuvering the handle on the outboard motor, now electric motor, uh, plus he gives you a narrative monologue to go with the ride, was a funny and entertaining young man. As he started his spiel, I knew we were in for some fun. At one point, he told us that the San Antonio River was actually dry. He said the water we were riding on came from the aquifer that was being pumped starting at Brackenridge Park. I was shocked and did not believe him. When the 35-minute barge cruise ended, I asked him if he was serious. He said yes, that I could go to Brackenridge Park and check it out for myself. He told me how to get to the location. Sure enough, there was a large pipe gushing with the water being pumped from the water well that provided the water supply for the river walk. Here's another thing. Did you know that the Broadmoor Seven Falls in Colorado Springs is dry about half the year? 
The Broadmoor Seven Falls is a series of seven cascading waterfalls of South Cheyenne Creek in South Cheyenne Canyon, Colorado Springs, Colorado. It has been a privately owned tourist attraction since it was opened in the early 1880s. At some point in my distant past, I learned of the Seven Falls in Colorado Springs. I wanted to see those falls. We made the trip to the falls when my children were young. I was so excited. The entrance to the falls are such that you cannot see the falls until you pay the fee at the toll booth. Drive through the narrow canyon and then there it is, a majestic series of seven falls cascading down the side of the cliff. There is a series of 224 steps that lead up the side of the cliff to the 181-foot drop of the falls, plus trails that lead on to the overlook of the high plains where Colorado Springs is perched. As we topped the falls, we heard the sound of rushing water. I just thought it was the sound of the stream feeding the falls. My youngest son found a trail that had been blocked off by red plastic tape. It was clear that the tape signified stay off this trail to block the path cut through the trees. He asked me if he could see what was causing the rushing sound of water. I first told him no, that it was clear that they didn't want people going down that trail. He begged me to let him just take a quick look. I finally agreed. In just a moment, he came back and said, Dad, the water for the falls is coming out of a pipe. I said, what? He told me again. I went and checked it out, and he was correct. I felt like we had been duped. We got back down the steep climb, and I asked the park ranger on the way out about the pipe. He said, yes, that was the source of the water for the falls. I then said, so you charge me and my family money to see fake falls? He said, sir, the falls aren't fake. In the spring, when the snowpack melts, the falls flow naturally. In the summer months, the stream dries up, so they pump water down the falls. He said the pool at the bottom is pumped back up in the central pipe to which all 224 stairs are welded. Unbelievable. Pretty to look at, though it's basically a man-made tourist trap. Worth the $44 for a family of four? You be the judge. Did you know Ruby Falls in Chattanooga, Tennessee is dry half the year? I remember the time my wife and I toured Ruby Falls, a subterranean attraction in Chattanooga, Tennessee. As reported on rubyfalls.com, Ruby Falls is the nation's tallest and deepest underground waterfall open to the public, cascading a total of 145 feet. The breathtaking falls were accidentally discovered by Leo Lambert in 1928, deep within Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Lambert named the falls after his wife, Ruby, and opened the Chattanooga attraction to the public in 1929. Today, Ruby Falls welcomes over a half million visitors each year from around the world. Descend 260 feet by a glass front elevator into historic Lookout Mountain to explore the underground cavern, see the falls, and discover why this unique destination is named one of the best things to do in Tennessee. Adventure awaits at Ruby Falls. I find it comical that I don't know what the attraction is about a glass front elevator. I guess I would have to see the new, the new version of the elevator to understand. Well, the advertising doesn't tell everything as it is exactly. My son and his wife toured Ruby Falls, and he told me that due to the change in the underground springs, the falls are now actually created with the help of piped and water and pumps. Wow, I thought, what is going on with all the dishonest, deceitful water? ColemanConcierge.com, a registered spelunker, tells the story. Quite a few years ago, Ruby Falls Cave hired Roy Davis of Cumberland Caverns fame to supplement their waterfall, and supplement is in quotation marks. As is true of most underground streams, the waterfall in Ruby Falls was quite spectacular during most of the winter and spring, 
our wet season, but dried up to barely a trickle in the summer and fall. Unfortunately, the summer is their big tourist season. Roy Davis used scaffolding and installed a pump, so now there is a nice, again in quotation marks, waterfall for the tourists to see year-round. The last time I was in Ruby Falls, and it was many years ago, the falls were in the dark when we arrived there on the tour. This is the author of this article speaking. The tour guide punched a button, a pre-recorded spiel about the waterfall was heard, and in the background, I heard the pump kick on and the volume of the waterfall increase significantly. As soon as the waterfall was up to, quote, commercial flow, the lights came on and the tourists went, ooh, ah. Wow, can a guy trust water anymore? The stories I've told you are true, but you're probably wondering, what's the point, Kenny? The classic British 60s rock band, the Moody Blues' most iconic song, Nights in White Satin, ends with an unusual section that eerily fits yet seems out of place. The original album version of the song was 7 minutes and 38 seconds. The radio release was a standard 3-minute cut. I think it was such a hit because it was the slow dance song favorite of all the teen parties. I can remember waiting eagerly at our junior high band party for that song to come up in rotation. It meant I got to slow dance seven and a half long minutes with my girlfriend. As a kid, I never realized the opening lyrics gave the definition of what Nights in White Satin were. Listen to the lyrics. It says, Nights in White Satin, never reaching the end. Letters I've written, never meaning to send. Beauty I'd always missed with these eyes before. Just what the truth is, I can't say anymore because I love you. Yes, I love you. Oh, how I love you. Wow, what poetic creativity. Calling letters I've written, nights in white satin. So the song did a great job of summarizing most teenagers' love laments. So it stuck. At the end, it finishes with these mysterious words and music. It says, cold-hearted orb that rules the night removes the colors from our sight, talking about the moon. Red is gray and yellow white, but we decide which is right and which is an illusion. Interesting lines. My oddball experience with deceitful water almost makes me think Justin Hayward, the lead vocalist and writer of this song, was right. He said, we decide which is right and which is an illusion. There are a lot of illusions created on this planet. But in the end, friend, you and I are not the deciders of which is right and which is an illusion. So here's the point. You and I need to pay attention to what is going on around us. Not everything is as it appears. With the mind of the Spirit, we must slow down our busy lives, stop, look, and listen. This admonition has so many practical applications. I remember a young girl in my wife's school walking in a parking lot, not paying attention, walked straight into a piece of steel sticking out of the back end of a pickup truck. The end that severely damaged her face, thankfully just below her eye. Had it hit just a little higher, she would have been blinded. But it was sticking out way past the back end and in a sense became invisible. In the spiritual realm, our battle is with the master deceiver Satan. Revelations 12.9 states that he is the deceiver of the whole world. Sadly, he is dead serious with his deceit. Perhaps we can learn a lesson from deceitful water. Sometimes what is presented is theater for profit. To know what truth in life is, you and I need a filter. That filter, Jesus says in John 8:31, is to continue in his word. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.